Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rose, and welcome to episode 228 of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all are in an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please do me a favor, subscribe in your favorite, and then leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games out last week were Assassin's Creed Mirage and NHL 24. The big games out this week include Forza Motorsport, Lords of the Fallen, and SpongeBob SquarePants This Cosmic Shake. Some new games are now available on Xbox Game Pass and are coming soon, and they include the following. Available today, you can play on Cloud PC and Xbox Series X and S, The Lamplighters League, and Gotham Knights. On Cloud and Xbox Series X and S, Warhammer 40,000 Darktide. On October 10th, you can play Forza Motorsport on Cloud PC and Xbox Series X and S. On October 12th, From Space on Cloud Console and PC. And then on October 17th, Like a Dragon Ishin on Cloud Console and PC. Now into last week's biggest news stories, and we have five to cover this week. Number one, Microsoft reportedly aiming to complete Activision Blizzard acquisition next week. James Batchelor at GamesIndustry.biz writes, Microsoft is confident it can complete its $68.7 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard this time next week. That's according to sources speaking to The Verge who say that the Xbox firm plans to close the deal on Friday, October 13th. Competition is still dependent on the merger being approved by the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, but the body provided provisionally approved the deal last month and is expected to announce its final decision later this week. The CMA originally blocked the acquisition earlier this year, but Microsoft submitted a modified version in July that aimed to address the regulators' concerns about dominance in the cloud gaming space, primarily by selling cloud gaming rights to all Activision Blizzard titles, including any released over the next 15 years to Ubisoft. In September, the CMA stated this addressed most of the issues it had with the deal, granting provisional approval but added that it still had, quote, residual concerns, end quote, for which Microsoft proposed further remedies. Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard was originally due to be closed by July 18th, 2023, but the two companies agreed to extend this to October 18th while the remaining issues with the CMA were resolved. If the deal is not complete by that date, Microsoft must pay Activision Blizzard a fee of $4.5 billion and renegotiate the terms. The only other regulator to oppose the acquisition is the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, which failed to block the deal in court back in July. The FTC is appealing this decision to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals with a decision due in December. It is also still planning its own internal administrative hearing, but this will not take place until 21 days after the Ninth Circuit's verdict. Wow, could this be the final show in which this is still an ongoing deal? One that we have now been talking about for what you can literally say years? It's insane how far this has come, how it looked so certain at times and other times like it was in jeopardy. I just cannot wait to stop talking about the deal itself and what it means for us, the gamers. Number two, Xbox Series S GPU is an issue, says Remedy Communications Director. Heidi Nicholas of True Achievements writes, During an Alan Wake 2 interview, Remedy Communications Director Thomas Puha commented that while the CPU is, quote, pretty much the same, end quote, between Xbox Series X and S, the GPU on the Xbox Series S, quote, is an issue, end quote. Quote, choosing my words carefully here, end quote, Pua said when asked whether Remedy viewed the Xbox Series S as a net positive in the IGN interview. Quote, we like Xbox, we like Sony. On Series S, the CPU is pretty much the same as the Series X. There's not a massive difference, but the GPU is an issue. It really is. And then having less memory is a pretty big problem, and we often get, hey, you make PC games, surely you know how to scale. Well, memory is not a problem on PC, it really isn't. 
And that's one of the struggles when you talk about resolution and frame rate. It's just not enough to drop the resolution heavily. I mean, that's what we're doing on the S and really, really working hard to make sure that visual quality still holds up. People accept that on a weaker PC, the visual is not going to be as good and your frame rate is not going to be as good and it's accepted, and quote Pua continues. Quote, there's a massive difference on Series S and Series X GPU. Every game is different and every developer is different. But you can't have sort of the best of both worlds and you've got to choose where you're going to focus. And I think if you know the Series S is like, I don't know, 250 or whatnot, and X and PS5 are like 500, 600, then obviously there's a massive difference in the power you are getting. It's just a lot easier to scale on the PC because of memory, and it's not like there's one super PC and one weaker PC. There's like 300 PC configurations in between, and trust me, that's a massive struggle. But we shipped a lot on PC, so we're a bit better at that. And quote, Pua concludes. Quote, we've been really working hard on getting S to run at a solid 30 and trying to maintain a good visual quality, but like, if you want to see the game at its best and full next-gen power, then it's going to be on the machines that we have the hardware grunt to enable that. End quote. We know Alan Wake 2 will have a performance mode on Xbox Series X, but not on Xbox Series S. Well, this was one of the first big name developers really coming out and commenting on the Series S's limitations. To me, it really did seem as easy if you can scale on PC, then why can't you scale it on the Xbox? And obviously, I know nothing about game development. So it's really interesting to hear someone who certainly knows what's going on comment on that so directly. It's going to be interesting to watch out if this has opened the floodgates for other developers to really comment on the Series S, and will Microsoft drop that requirement to put everything on Series X and S at the same time? Time will tell in the years to come. Number 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 officially reveals new maps and tons of more info. Amelia Zollner at IGN writes, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 was fully revealed today and it's set to debut a new city-themed Warzone 2 map with drivable trains, zip lines, and quite a few points of interest. During today's COD Next Showcase, Activision revealed Urzekistan, an urban battleground map coming to Battle Royale and Plunder at launch. As Games Radar pointed out, Urzekistan was first featured as a country and a key part of the campaign in the 2019 game Modern Warfare, and is now finally getting its own map. Filled with apartments and industrial areas, Urzekistan seems fairly dense in comparison to other Warzone maps. Still, it features quite a few new ways to get around the map, including the franchise's first train with player-controlled direction and speed, which can also be stopped by opposing teams. It also has several horizontal zip lines and brings the eerily dark Uzbekistan Gulag with three lanes for combat. These new methods of transportation seem fit for a map packed with points of interest. As revealed in today's showcase, this list includes the apartment-filled Zaravan city, the luxurious Shahin Manor, and the dilapidated Old Town. In addition to the new map, Activision also revealed a few new and revamped mechanics, including ADS while sliding, slide canceling, and the revival of the classic red dots on the minimap, and announced the return of the Vondal and Ashika Island maps for a resurgence. Uzbekistan will join a roster filled with classic maps and new modes when Modern Warfare 3 is released on November 10th. I cannot wait for this game. Now, I have been bold before, and I believe I certainly said that on this show last year about Modern Warfare 2, but that game did not hit. I remember I got into a game-breaking bud in the Modern Warfare 2 campaign, so I never even finished it, and I really played almost no multiplayer. However, you got me with the nostalgia. Bringing back my favorite maps from my most played multiplayer game of all time in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, all ramped and new so I know where I'm going and know what's going on? Give me that so quickly, I cannot wait for November 10th, as well as a brand new map for Warzone, which I was addicted on the original. Give me some of that. At least for a week, right? Number 4, Bethesda has updated Redfall with 60fps mode gameplay changes and more. Andy Robinson at VGC writes, Bethesda has released a promised 60fps update for Arkane's Redfall and made changes to the game's combat and gameplay. 
Quote, this patch brings a performance mode to Xbox Series X and S, stealth takedowns, new controller settings, accessibility improvements, and much more, end quote, Bethesda said. Quote, explore an even more dangerous redfall with increased open world enemy population and new encounters. Read on for the full list of fixes and additions included in the update, end quote. Last month, Bethesda head of publishing Pete Hines said the company would make Redfall a good game, despite an underwhelming reception at launch. Quote, okay, we didn't get the start we wanted, but it's still a fun game and we're going to keep working on it. We're doing the 60 frames per second, end quote, he said. Quote, we're going to get it to a good game because we know as a first-party studio, Game Pass lives forever. There will be people 10 years from now who are going to join Game Pass and Redfall will be there, end quote. Following several delays, the first major Xbox exclusive from Bethesda released in May with various technical issues and reviewed poorly, garnering aggregate scores of 56 on Series X and S and 53 on PC on Metacritic. Well, it's good that they finally made good on this game, and at least the quick Twitter reception of this new update was pretty positive overall. I have no interest in checking this game out anytime soon with all the other amazing games we have coming out this year. But at some point, I will check you out Redfall, and hopefully it's in the best state it will be by that point. And number five, Telltale Games has allegedly laid off most of its workers. Rebecca Valentine at IGN writes, Narrative adventure developer Telltale Studios, the studio currently working on The Wolf Among Us 2, and which just released the Expanse of Telltale series, has undergone layoffs which one former employee says impacted most of the studio. The news first circulated via post on X, formerly Twitter, by former Telltale cinematic artist Jonah Huang, who said that these layoffs took place in early September. Telltale has confirmed that it has undergone layoffs in a statement sent to IGN, but did not confirm the number or extent. Its statement is as follows. Due to current market conditions, we regrettably had to let some of our Telltale team go recently. We did not take this action lightly, and our commitment to storytelling and finding new ways to do so remains the same. We are grateful to everyone for their dedication along this journey, and we are working to support everyone impacted. All projects currently in development are still in production, and we have no further updates at this time. Notably, Huang was part of the first iteration of Telltale Games as well, which similarly underwent significant layoffs before closing entirely in 2019. The shutdown was attributed to investors banking out, but a year later, LCG Entertainment revived the business name and several of its assets, hiring a number of its former workers as well. At the Game Awards in 2019, it announced it was creating a sequel to Telltale's The Wolf Among Us for a planned release in 2023. Then, earlier this year, we sat down with Telltale CEO Jamie Odley, who explained the game was being delayed due to struggles porting it from Unreal Engine 4 to 5 and a desire to avoid crunch. It does not currently have a new release date. As Huang notes, these layoffs seem to have happened just weeks after Telltale acquired UK-based game studio Flavorworks. Sad to see Telltale, who was revived from the dead only to seemingly be in another similarly precarious situation, likely hanging on by a thread. It seems like The Expanse was a good game, but I really don't see anyone talking about it, and it's such a bad year to release a game like that because there's so many amazing, amazing games coming out. Personally, The Walking Dead Season 1 was one of the first games that almost made me cry with that heartfelt ending. I mean, I had a special place for Telltale way back when, but they really fell off a cliff and the controls and graphics were just so poor at the end. It seems like The Expanse remedied some of that, but apparently it did not equate into sales. Sad to see, and shout out to everyone who has lost their jobs, wishing them all the best. Since we're talking about Activision Blizzard this week, a fun fact from Wikipedia about their corporate structure, so let's get into the bare bones of it. Activision Blizzard is divided into three key business segments. Activision Publishing, which handles the development, production, and distribution of video games from its subsidiary studios. It also houses the Call of Duty League. Blizzard Entertainment, which handles the development, production, and distribution of Blizzard's games. It also maintains Battle.net 
organizes BlizzCon, and houses the company's esports activities including MLG and the Overwatch League. King, which handles the development and distribution of its mobile games. There are also two non-reporting segments within Activision Blizzard. Activision Blizzard Studios, which oversees the production of film and television entertainment based on the company's properties. And Activision Blizzard Distribution, which provides logistical support for Activision Blizzard's distribution within Europe. How is all that corporate structure going to change when it's bought under by Xbox? Is it going to change at all? Well, it seems like we're finally going to get to know quite soon, or at least in the year to come. Thank you all for listening to Xbox in 10 Podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share it with your friends, do me a favor, leave a positive review if you like it, and then follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week I was traveling for work, so I sadly have had no time to play games besides playing some Scrabble on Xbox with my wife. It's always a good time. My name is Brozen and Rosa. You can follow me on Xbox at Brozen93. Hope you all have a great week. Stay safe and keep on gaming.